Yes, welcome to the Puma Podcast. I'm Puma. And I'm Tori. Tori is my connection to the outside world. <laughs> and you are so my it, connection to life since I'm your kid. Which is, well, <laughs> it's good. Uh, on the Puma Podcast, we talk about everything, uh, Jesus, life, and everything in between. Yeah. So we really just want to be an encouragement to those that listen and mm-hmm. really uh, push them toward Jesus and you know how to live life and everything that goes with that. So that's kind of what the Puma Podcast is about. And yeah. We covered a lot of different topics. We did a series on the names of God. Yes, we did. Which I uh, really enjoyed, really getting to know the, you know God. Today we are just going to talk about another question and really from uh, one who listened uh, to podcasts and had some questions and mm-hmm. just want to kind of talk about that. So Tori, yeah. you want to kind of lead us into that? Yeah, it was such a great question. I really appreciate the the question via you know the email at the Puma podcast at Gmail. The question, you know, to summarize is really, you know, this person that grew up in the church, reads the Bible, uh, and really wants to know the most effective way to hear and, and study God's heart through Scripture. So through Bible study, what is the most effective way to really just glean from it? It's such a great question, and I've, I've been there. I, I could ask that same question myself. See, so how do you, how do we most effectively study God's Word? Yeah. Well, to, like to study the Bible, and this is honestly uh, a question that probably people don't ask mm. as much. Uh, these days, because we just assume that if I read it, mm-hmm. I know what it means. That's true. You know, part of the, I mean, part of the reason for that is I remember in college, um, back in the day, right? <laughs> the years of the dinosaurs. The years of the dinosaurs. I, I was actually someone I, I did like to read, um, unless a book had big print and pictures or box scores. I mean, you know, if they had sports scores, I might read it, but I did not read. One, I mean, the only reason to go to school was to play sports. <laughs> so that was the only reason to go to school. But, you know, so did okay in, in high school, so I went to college. And one of the classes we had to take was Intro to Literature. It was a freshman-level class. And I ended up taking it my fifth year in college. <laughs> so Nice. Yeah, fifth year. I put it off. And so here I'm, I'm a fifth-year senior. I'm married. I don't care at all. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't care at all, you know, about, about reading. I had started to take a few classes in seminary. God had at that point, directed my life to uh, pursue ministry. And I had just started to get a taste for Mm. uh, reading the Bible and studying the Bible. And so I'm sitting in this college freshman level lit class in the 80s, right? Mm. And the professor gives us a story to read, just kind of like we do. And, And basically he said, so what does this story mean to, can you finish it? To you? To you. What does this story mean to you? Right? Here's an hmm. author, wrote a story, wrote a poem, and I, the reader of that story and poem, was uh, assigned the task to determine the meaning of the poem. Hmm. And I, I remember thinking, hmm, all right, so I'm in, I'm in seminary. I'm taking a class in, in how to be a pastor and how to say the Bible. And what I was getting in my seminary class on how to say the Bible was different than what I was learning in my college lit class on how to find the meaning of what I'm reading. To interpret the point. Huh. Yeah. And and that has been been going on for quite a while in our culture. And really kind of the the term for that is reader response. That meaning in our culture today is not determined by the author 
but by the reader. So it's not the author of the book that determines what the book is about. It's not the author of the poem that determines what the poem is about. It's not the author of a song that determines what the song is about. That's where our culture is today. Mm. This is the mentality that we've been taught when we approach anything. How I perceive it, what I feel about it, what I think about it determines the meaning of what Mm. it is. And so that was what we were taught in, in lit class to look at different forms of literature. And I remember going to a professor and saying, listen, if I take these same methods and I go to the Bible and read the Bible that way, mm. not what God says, not what God means, but what I think it means, what I want it to mean, what I perceive it to mean. I said, if I do that, I'll start a cult. Mm. Yeah, you're right. I'll start a cult because I can have, you know, especially late night, right? You're in college, <laughs> late night, right? right? Your mind kind of starts to whatever. <laughs> You know, I can come up with a lot of crazy ideas. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, just like, like any instructional book, recipes, if I just, you know, this is how you bake a, a three-level, you know, bougie cake, and I just, oh, okay, I could use that amount, but, you know, I, to me, it feels like it only needs this much or this much sugar or this much whatever. I mean, that's not going to taste good, and I'm going to miss the whole point of in, the instructions to build, to build, <laughs> to make a cake. Right. So, yeah, yeah that doesn't that doesn't work. Yeah, and in communication, right, so here we are. We're on a podcast. Correct. We actually have an intent as the author of the podcast of what we want to communicate to anyone mm-hmm. that might be listening. True. So in communication, so Tori, as you and I are talking, you know, I say something, and then you say something back, and we kind of dialogue back and forth. But part of the communication process is for each of us to try to understand what the other person means. Mm-hmm. So my, my goal is to try to understand what, are you trying to say? Because if I understand what you're trying to understand, uh, say, then I understand you. And so that's what communication is back and forth. Hmm. But when it comes to interpreting today, we've been taught and we've been encouraged throughout our culture and education that meaning is not determined by what the author intends it to be. Meaning is what I, the reader, or I, the, the person evaluating, meaning becomes what I want it to be. And when we read the Bible with that lens, what does it mean to me? We are setting ourselves up to not understand God, not to get to know God, but just to kind of build our own little kingdom and puff Mm -hmm. our own minds up and create our own, in a sense, personalized religious faith perspective. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes when we read the Bible that way, we see God not as he is, but as we want him to be. And then when life doesn't happen the way we want it to be, we find it very easy to blame God or be critical of God because our mm. understanding of who God is is our own making, not as not trying to understand who God is. Right. So. Yeah, well, in any friendship, relationships, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, your spouse. So I'm married, right? Emily is my wife. And if I just, she says something to me, sends me a text, and I just interpret that however I want to interpret that, and I don't take into account her intent or if I don't know her, I mean, that's so much miscommunication and hurt, and it feels very personal the more you know the person. Right. See, if I'm just driving along and I see a sign, right, I see a sign that's got eight sides, it's red, has four (laughs) letters on it, (laughs) S-T-O-P, right? That sign is there for a reason. Someone put it there for a reason. There's an intentionality Mm -hmm. behind that sign being Mm -hmm. there. But if I am not interested in understanding what that sign is or why it's there, and I, mm. I just interpret it however I want. That could lead to, to severe problems. 
Right, yeah, when we stop listening to the intention of what someone's trying to communicate, uh, yeah, disaster ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's this way everywhere. I, you know, I go to the bank. The banker could care less about my intentions, mm-hmm. all right? I, the, it's, it's what is actual, what is, mm-hmm. what is, what is real there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, doesn't care, you know, how much money I want to have in the bank. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? He doesn't care about my perspective. You know, if the banker says, uh, you know, you only have 10 bucks in the bank. Mm. Well, you know what? I, I think I deserve a floating decimal point, right? I want to slide <laughs> that thing, you know, wherever right. I want. He, he doesn't care about that. You mm. see, in, in real relationships between real mm. persons, real communication, any meaningful conversation, any meaningful understanding only happens when we seek to understand the intent of the other person, the author of the other person. Mm. When I take any communication and I ignore what the other person means and not interested in what the other person means, and I create my own personal meaning, my own personal experience, my own personal feeling, mm. one, there's going to be miscommunication, two, there's going to be hurt, and sometimes it can be really, really dangerous. Yeah. Mm. And so this is why when we think about reading the Bible, there's a whole lot we could talk about as far as how to, st- like, like methodology, how to mm. study the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's not like you and I are talking and I am thinking through, all right, so what's the, what's the communication methodology to Sure, to well, yeah, what's of, the hermeneutical yeah. exegesis yeah, of like, this like, text? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not thinking through that, but just natural in communication, we have, in a sense, an unwritten, even an unconscious set of rules that we follow to have meaningful conversation. I need to listen, try to understand what you mean, Context is really, really important. I, that that's when I communicate. I want you to understand the context of, of what I'm what I'm saying, and then to come to a right sense application of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So when I tell my kids, yeah, you know, be home early tonight, right? I have an intention as a parent, you know, what I mean by that. Well, if they interpret that however they want, maybe early to them is five a.m. Mm-hmm. Right. right. If they're not interested in how what I mean by that. If they're not even trying to seek to understand what I mean by that, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for them at 11 or midnight. Hmm. And as a parent, I'm going to be up all night long until they walk in the door at 5 a.m. And I'm not going to be super happy when they come in at 5 a.m. <laughs> right? yeah. Now, if they don't understand what I mean when I say come home early tonight, they can ask a question and try to, in a sense, discover hmm. what I mean so that they can properly understand what I'm saying so that they can live in such a way mm. that we are relationally connected, that, that our relationship stays intact. You know, they could say, well, uh, what do you mean early? I will I, say, well, uh, 11 o'clock. They say, well, I, you know, I got some to- stuff. Tokyo time or? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they, so then they come back and say, okay, so 11 o'clock tonight, I really, is it okay if I can stay out till midnight? Would that be okay? And I'm like, all right, sure. It'd be okay. And so now we have clarification. Now mm. we have understanding. Now we can function together. So when we look at the Bible, you know, it's a book that was written in a different culture, different language, mm, different mm-hmm. time period than what we experience today. But we so easily are tempted to apply our current understandings of things back into what we read and make the text say what we want it to say, not try to discover what God mm. is trying to communicate mm-hmm. to us. So That begs the question, how do we draw out something from God's Word that is both meaningful and powerful, but also accurate because we can come to all kinds of conclusions based on our our emotions of the day or how we felt what we ate the night before. And you don't want to put words in God's mouth. And there are some real 
uh, consequences, but also we miss out on huge blessings if we just don't get the heart of God. So, so how do we how do we understand and read the Bible? What's some real practical steps? I know it might be a lot longer of a podcast, sure, but yeah, I mean, you know, we could do two classes. I, you know, did two classes on how to study the Bible, college classes mm-hmm. put together um, years ago. Um, I mean, so we, there's a whole lot we mm-hmm. could we could do there. Yeah, he literally taught this at the, the education college level. Uh, from a practical standpoint, you know, we need to understand that God is a person, mm-hmm. and He wants to communicate to us. Mm-hmm. When we did the Names of God series, you know, one of the the big ideas there is that God wants a relationship with us. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. names of God, He wants us to know who He is. So God wants to communicate to us. So we go you know, to the Bible, read it. So many people, and I even kind of grew up this way, where the Bible is a, a book of do's and don'ts, do this, don't do this, and, mm. and just kind of structure how I'm supposed to live. And so there's a, a lot of guilt, a lot of duty, and really a lot of, you know, rebellion. It's like, I'm not going to mm. do that. And mm-hmm. so oftentimes people look at the Bible as, as kind of a, a, a do book or a manual to kind of kind of structure things. Right. Now, are there commands in the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? But there are commands every day in my life, right? Mm-hmm. I, I go, I'm going to get in my car when I leave here, and I'm going to drive, and I'm going to come up to a stoplight. That stoplight is a set of commands to me. I don't call them commands, but it mm-hmm. is telling me what I should and shouldn't do. Sure, yeah, rules. Right. And... But it's not to make my life miserable. It's so that my life can actually uh, flourish and blossom. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. rules allow me to be in right relationship with other cars on the road. Right, so that we can all get home safe tonight and not to have just a bunch of chaos. And so rules themselves are not bad. Every a relationship has rules or boundaries or guidelines how that relationship is, is going to function. And so if God wants to communicate to us, then he's given us the Bible so that we can get to know him. And so one of the things I really encourage people to do is to read the Bible not as a set of, of do's and don'ts, but read it to kind of get to know God, to get to know mm-hmm. who he is. He wants us to know who he is. So the question is, do we want to get to know him? Now, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that's kind of hard to understand, takes um, some effort to, uh, to study and, and, and some, some details, mm-hmm. but it's not beyond our ability to, to grasp. Yeah, so that's kind of one big thing. So I've found uh, asking questions are really, really helpful. Not assuming that I understand what something means, but asking questions. And there are really kind of three questions that I, I ask when I read the Bible. Because I want to read the Bible to get to know God. Years, you know, I used to just read it feeling guilty. Or if I didn't mm-hmm. read it, I'd you know, feel guilty. And you know, the whole guilt thing mm-hmm. that people yeah. read the Bible. Right, obligations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, obligation. And I, you know, I'm part of the guilt culture. You can, mm. you can guilt me into things. Right? <laughs> yeah. Guilt still works on me. Right. Yeah, but you know, God's not interested in in us relating to Him based upon guilt. Mm-hmm. He wants a like a real. He wants us to want to know Him, and He just wants to, you know, us to love Him, and He mm-hmm. wants to show us how much He loves us. So yeah, I, I don't feel guilty anymore when I read the Bible a lot or, or a little. I try to read uh, regular and often, but I I don't get bent out of shape if I miss a day or if you know thing, things happen. So I found three questions to be helpful. The first one. When I read the Bible, I want to get to know what God is saying and what God thinks. And so the first question is, you know, what is this, what I'm reading, what does this tell me about who God is? What does this tell me about who God is? You know, there are statements in there. I don't change. Hmm. God says, I, I don't change. Therefore, you're not going to be consumed. Or 
mm-hmm. you know, that I am the um, loving and faithful one. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like just statements about God, like statements, just statements about his character, about him as a person, who, who God is. And, you know, throughout the Bible, there are statements all through it t- telling us about who God is, you know, his character, his nature. He is one who loves, right? He, is lo- he loves forever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't change. He cares about us. He created us. These mm-hmm. characteristics of God. That's a really good question because although it might sound obvious, I think sometimes we read a passage and like, I have no idea what this says about God or his character. But yeah, being intentional about asking that question for every verse, what does this verse or this passage or this chapter say about God? Uh, can we very... It almost has like self-fulfilling application there. Yeah. I mean, the, the Bible is a story about God. Mm-hmm. It's a story of God, who he is and what he's about and who we are in relationship to him. Mm-hmm. See, we're not the focus. He's mm-hmm. the focus. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to know him, so he's communicating to us who he is, what he's about. So everybody always does what they do based upon who they are. Mm-hmm. So if you get to know God's character, then you can understand more and more what he does. So the first question is, what does it say about God? You know, like statements mm-hmm. about God. Second question is, what does this tell me about what God has done, is doing, will do. Hmm. What is God doing? So character and actions go hand in hand. That's okay. true for God. That's true for you and me. So this is why when, when you get to know someone and then they do something that seems, quote, unquote, out of character, you don't get bent out of shape because you know them. You know that hmm. they are a caring, loving mm-hmm. person. And so that might cause you to say, hmm, let me go investigate this more. And when you investigate more, you find out, oh, this is why they did this. This hmm. is They weren't being a jerk. They were really trying to you know be helpful. Um, some people, uh, so, so the Bible says that we are sinful, mm-hmm. which means that it is our nature to sin. So we shouldn't be surprised when people sin because this mm. is who we, part of who we are. I mm. think sometimes, you know, we, we get surprised when people do bad things. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying we condone bad things or what people do, but, but we, yeah, we shouldn't be surprised because this is, you know, who people are. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first question is, what does it say about who who God is. Second question, what does it say about what God has done? Mm-hmm. So, you know, for instance, Bible say God is loving toward all he has made. So, you know, it says that God is loving toward all he has made. In Ezekiel, it says that God does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. So this is, mm-hmm. these are statements about God, his character, his heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, then you go to like Jonah chapter four, and you have God not punishing the Ninevites, allowing them to repent so that's what God does. He's, he's not punishing them, allowing them to repent, which is him expressing his loving character and nature towards sinful people because his heart is not that all mm. people you know, perish. Now, the third question that comes in, the first one you know, is, what does it say about who God is, his character and nature? Second question when I read, uh, what, what, what is God doing? What has he done? Mm. What is he doing? What, what does he say he will do? And so we learn about what him by his actions, his actions mm-hmm. are always going to be consistent with his character. And when something doesn't make sense, you go find out his character, which helps you then interpret the action. And the third question is, what does this, what does this say about mankind or myself, people, and mm-hmm. then specifically to me, who I am in Christ? The Bible is God communicating himself to us so that we can get to know him. It's about who God is and who we are in relationship to him. And so when I read the Bible and 
see how the Bible so accurately pictures people. Hmm. Yeah, we're pretty. It doesn't not great. <laughs> doesn't sugarcoat. Yeah. You know, even the same. You know, it doesn't it, everybody? It, it just the, the good, the bad, the other, yeah. the, the way people really are. So, how does God interact with sinful people? Were we created, created in God's mm-hmm. image? We're mm-hmm. sinful, but sinful by nature, by choice. How does God interact with us? How does God display His character, His love, His justice, His mercy? And you see that throughout the pages of the Bible. And so the big picture of the Bible, that's a lot of the details sometimes are hard to understand, but the big picture from Genesis to Revelation is that God exists. He created us. He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to know who he is. Mm-hmm. He has a character. This character is revealed in every page. What God has done, is doing, will do. And then who we are in relationship. Mm-hmm. Do we seek to know him what happens when we violate him etc you know so that's kind of like the big the big picture when reading the bible um just just to read real simple basic without getting into a lot of deep study methods so that's really really helpful because yeah i mean i think you know you could get out like a lexicon and big dictionaries and you know, and, and you use a bunch of big words. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. And 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 where that's not bad. And I appreciate it because I know you taught for many years at the college level as a professor. I think for the everyday person, and even for myself, sometimes going back to the basics, kind of just the simple, okay, big ideas here. Like in this passage, what does it say about God's character? And I like how you have like a spinoff of that. The next question, what is He doing? Because sometimes, like Esther, right? We don't have. God's name mentioned, we just see the story of Esther, and yet we see God doing things. And so some passages, right, it may not be overtly, this is God's character, but you see what he's doing. And then the third one, which maybe, you know, it's just a natural follow-through with the first two, what does it say about me and who I am in Christ, about people? Which then begs the application part, right? So what do I do with that? What do I do with God's character? What do I do with what God has done and is doing? And where do I fit in in God's story? Yeah, when, when the, the third question, you know, what does this say about mankind? Well, I'm a part of mankind, right? <laughs> right? So the things I see in the Bible in people's lives, maybe I haven't done some of those things, but my heart is capable of it. Mm-hmm. And how does God deal with people, mm-hmm. you know, good yeah. and bad, you know, throughout the Bible? And there are some passages in the Bible that are kind of hard to deal with, right? Yeah. Especially in the Old Testament, there's like, mm-hmm. like, hmm, you know, so, <laughs> you know, yeah, Joshua, you know, the people of Israel, Joshua leads them in the promised land, and God says, kill the men, women, and children in Canaan. Mm. Right? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what, does say, it, yeah. what does that say about God? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. right? So um, we know that God loves everything yeah. and everybody. You know, that God loves all that he has made. His desires does not, uh, it takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Right. Um, that God is is for mankind, not against mankind Mm -hmm. you know so all right so if you get to know god's character and you read throughout the bible god's character well then you read something like that it's like all right so how does that fit yeah right i mean we see what god's doing or commanding so like yeah so how how does how does that how does that fit right so you got a couple things going on for instance in this one you know that one situation you have back in genesis 15 you have god making a covenant with abraham and saying you know i'm gonna bless you and your Mm -hmm. descendants i'm gonna work through you through, through the Hebrews, through the Jewish people. In Exodus, or Genesis 15, he says in there that your descendants are going to be as numerous as this, you know, sand in the sky. They are going to go to a foreign nation. They'll be down there for 400 plus years. 
Um, they're going to multiply into a big nation. Mm. And then I am going to rescue them and bring them back into the promised land. But in the midst of that, he says, the people living in that land, the land of promise, are, are sinful people, but their sin has not reached its fullness, mm. right? And, and that the land of Canaan, think of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Oh, wow. yeah. So Abraham right. and Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, not mm. exactly a shiny spot <laughs> no, in mankind. It was pretty awful, yeah. very sinful. Very awful. That is the land of Canaan. God said that their sin had not yet reached its fulfillment. Do the people in, in Sodom and Gomorrah, do they deserve judgment? Do they deserve to be punished yeah, for absolutely. for their, their sin? Yeah. 400 years go by, and Cana is allowed to, Canaan is allowed, they're allowed to live there on and on and on. So when God finally rescues Israel from Egypt and brings them back into the promised land, part of that is God fulfilling his promise to give that land to Israel. Mm-hmm. God is also executing justice and judgment on these people. He's given them 400 years to repent. Mm. I mean, God is, we think, oh, God is just out there to smite people. But he is mm. patient. Yeah, He is gracious. He is merciful. He gives opportunities over and over and over again because that's, his, that's mm. his heart. He desires for people to not perish but to come to repentance. Yeah. And so these questions, what does it say about who God is, his character, to get to know God's character, to get to know what God does. He always acts according to his character mm-hmm. and he's, he's good. He's just. And so when we get to passages that we don't understand, we need to look at it through the lens of God's character, his nature. This is why we need mm-hmm. to read to get to know God, not read for a list of do's and don'ts. It's a relationship with the living God. Mm-hmm. And he wants a relationship with us. which is just amazing to me. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. I, I appreciate you sharing these, you know, three questions and even talking through some of these different and difficult passages. <laughs> There's a lot that we could talk about. Uh, maybe we'll bring them up as a future podcast, like how to deal with certain scripture verses that are just hard. Like it almost seems contrary to the character of God. Right. Yeah. We're kind of <laughs> scratching. Yeah. There's scab, a, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot, a lot of things. There's to say. a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. The big idea when it comes to reading the Bible is, you know, reading just to get to know God, mm-hmm. you know, it's a relationship with the creator of the universe. You know, I love Psalm eight, you know, what is man that you are mindful of him? I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, if we were honest, if God is higher and more lofty, if his, his, his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Or like Isaiah 40, I love Isaiah 40, where he says uh, that God created the stars, calls them out one by one, knows them each by name. You know, today with the Hubble telescope and all that, they estimate, I want to say like 10 sextillion stars possible in the universe what even is that number? so it's like i don't know it's not like 10 to the like 20th power i don't know wow. i'm not good at yeah. i mean yeah. it's, it's a number that is so astronomical we can't even we can't even conceptually conceptualize that number mm-hmm. in our head and he says yeah god created them one by one knows them each by name yeah. and then it says why then israel why then jacob do you complain mm-hmm. that Mm-hmm. that I don't care about you or think about you. Don't you know that I am the everlasting God character, mm-hmm. the creator of the heavens and the earth? Mm-hmm. I don't grow tired or weary. I got you. I want a relationship with you. The infinite God desires to be intimate with you and me. Mm-hmm. And so we read the Bible to get to know him. Yeah. In that relationship, there are expectations, just like in every relationship. If I love him, 
I want to do certain things or not do certain things because of the value mm-hmm. of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so to read the Bible with that perspective, I think is incredibly helpful and valuable. Appreciate you sharing those those questions. And yeah, I'll have to start using those too, just in my personal study. And so yeah, I appreciate you sharing these three questions. Question number one, just to recap for myself, <laughs> you know, what does this say about the character of God? Yeah. And number two, what's this say about what he's doing, what God is doing in this passage? And the third, what does it say about mankind slash me? Right. And my response to the first two questions, really. Yeah. And really getting into the New Testament, who I am in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, Our identity. Yeah. My identity is not in what I think of myself. It's in who I am in relationship to God, what he says of me. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to do some of these more topical question podcasts. I don't have a lot uh, on the on the books to do, but... You guys, thank you so much for joining us again. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys tuning in. And yeah, if you have any questions, you know, appreciate the, the questions some have sent via the email, and that is thepumapodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys and hear questions and comments. And yeah, just kind of touch base with you guys. So much appreciate the feedback. And yeah, I think that's it, guys. So, hey, we'll see you next week. Have a great rest of your week. Yep. And, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.